The Life Story of Mrs. Beatrice Gould, formerly David, Air Street, Splot, Cardiff. The following story of my mother was entirely written by her. I haven't altered the script, and these are my mother's words. The above address is of significance, because my mother has lived there her entire life. This is the house where she was born, brought up, and went on to bring up her own family. She still sleeps in the bedroom that she was born in. This fact was probably not so unusual a few generations ago, but is met with astonishment by youngsters these days. Jeff Gould, Beatrice's third son. A Life in Splot The Life Story of Mrs Beatrice Gould, formerly David, Air Street Splot, Cardiff. My name is Beatrice David. I was born on the 10th of March 1917 during the First World War. My parents were Beatrice and Walter David. My mother said it was snowing that day. I was their fourth child. The first, a boy, died at birth. Then there was my sister Phyllis, then my brother George. My mother wasn't seen too properly at a birth, so when I arrived, my mother was taken ill. They didn't think she would live, so my father called me Beatrice, my mother's name. <laughs> my Aunt Alice, who lived in Grangetown, came up and took me to her home. A neighbour came in to see to Phyllis and George, my brother and sister, as my father worked as a coal trimmer on Cardiff docks. Just before Christmas 1917, I was brought back home to my mother, who was getting in better health, though there'd be no more children. <laughs> On January the 5th, 1918, my father was called up for the army. In spite of having damaged feet from a runaway truck when he was a minor, he was reported wounded and missing in March. Then he was reported dead in April. I was four years old when I started school, at Splot Primary School, I didn't like it very much at first, but I was getting used to it when I was taken ill. I was taken to the isolation hospital in Canton with scarlet fever. Oh, I cried most of the time I was there. I was scrubbed all over every day to get rid of the germs on my skin. No visitors were allowed in the hospital, but they could come on a Saturday, Sunday and a Wednesday to look at us through the window. One night, right, I wet the bed. I called, but nobody came. As a punishment, I wasn't allowed out of bed the next day to go and see my mother in the window. After one month, I was taken for a walk in the grounds. Then, at six weeks, my mother came to take me home. Oh, it was lovely to see our big black cat named Jumbo. We had a special tea. Phyllis and George brought me a packet of chocolate drops. Aww. Oh, there was a lot of children in our street, so we had many friends. There was the Dandos and the Seniors. The Dandos had 11 children when I knew them. The Seniors had six. I loved going into the Dandos. Mr Dando only had one leg, through an injury in the war. He would come to the front door and shout, Two's ready. They'd all run in, George and I as well. <laughs> 
There was a long table and a bench in the kitchen, and on the table there'd be bread cut in thick slices, uh, margarine, a large jar of jam, and a basin of dripping to spread on the bread. Mm. I enjoyed the company most. <laughs> My mother used to say to me, You're not to go in a dando's tea time. They have enough to feed without you, too. There was a family living next door to the Dandos. <gasps> Their name was Wicks. My mother went with Mrs Wicks on a Wednesday afternoon. Oh, sorry. There was a family living next door to the Dandos. Their name was Wicks. My mother went with Mrs Wicks to the sisters on a Wednesday afternoon. But she didn't go to the church on a Sunday as she didn't have the right clothes. Everybody had a Sunday outfit and a posh hat. My mother only had what she wore every day. My mother used to get a pension on a Monday morning. One week, Mrs Wicks was short of money, so she asked my mother to lend her two shillings and sixpence so that she could pay the insurance man who came on a Tuesday morning. On a Friday morning, Mrs Wicks came down to our house to pay the money back as Mrs Wicks had his, Mr Wicks had his pay on a Thursday. He worked on the railway. This went on for so many years. They didn't really know who it belonged to in the end. Later, the Wicks children were all working and they didn't need it anymore. On the Monday of Whitson holiday, we'd have a day in the country. We'd go by open lorries with benches in the back. We used to go to the ball farm in Runny. Later on, it was to Lander Fields. And when we got there, we had a mug of milk and a buttered bun. In the fields, there were stalls and tents. The stalls were selling ice cream and there were some swings. The tents were for the ladies preparing food for our tea. In the afternoon, the parents would come. Oh, we were always glad to see them because we'd run out of pocket money by then. We'd play games and add races. Oh, we loved to see the parents racing. My mother was very strict with us. She'd stand no nonsense. At times she'd be very depressed and she'd say things to us that made us feel like we was a burden to her. Like, when you comes home from school, I won't be here anymore. You'll be put in Ely homes, which was an orphanage. Then I can live my own life without you lot. We used to be very upset and frightened. But apart from that, she never left us. We were kept clean, never hungry. She was a good cook. My grandparents on my father's side also lived in Air Street. We very rarely went there as we were not welcome. My father's mother died in April and my grandfather married again in September to Sarah. My father and his brothers and sisters didn't get on very well with their new stepmother and they all gradually left home. Then Sarah had a baby son called Alfred. She didn't have anything to do with his other children. We used to see my grandfather in the park sometimes. He would occasionally call in to see my mother and us, but we never went to his house as we were never asked in. They only spoke Welsh, which my mother couldn't understand. My mother had eight sisters and two brothers, but one of the boys died when he was two years old. My mother was their youngest child. 
My aunties were good to us, and we used to see them regularly. We also had a lot of cousins. Oh, we'd love to see Auntie Ginny. She never married. She worked as a housekeeper. She always gave us two pence each, and she always had sweets in her handbag. Oh, she was a lovely lady. I left school at 14. I went to work in a cigar factory in Grangetown. I was a stripper, which meant taking the main vein out of the tobacco leaves. We started at 8 o'clock in the morning and an hour for lunch at half past 12. Then I finished work at 6 o'clock in the evening. We had to ask the supervisor for permission to go to the toilet. We were on piecework, which meant the quicker you worked, the more money you got. We usually got about 10 shillings a week. In our room, we were all the same age. When we were nearing 16 years of age, we all got a sack because they'd have to pay us more money. So a new lot of 14-year-olds would be started. I went to work for Woolworths in Queen Street. At first, only three days a week, at 10 shillings a week. After a few months, I went on full-time and was paid a pound a week. Well, the hours were long. We started at 8.30, had an hour for lunch, and then finished at 7 o'clock. But by the time the people got out of the shop, it was half past seven. I stayed in Woolworths for four years. Then Marks and Spencers opened a shop in Queen Street. I applied for the job and got it. My pay went up to £1.5 a week. With a few friends, I joined the Otters Swimming Club, which was held at the pool in Guildford Crescent. We had good fun. There was eight of us in our gang, boys and girls all belonging to the church. I was a Sunday school teacher on Sunday mornings, but the rest of the time in evenings I spent with a gang. Donald Gould was one of them. Wherever I went, he was always there. I did have dates with other boys, and I know Don went with other girls. But somehow, we always got back together. We got engaged on Christmas 1938. His family only lived round the corner. They made me feel very welcome. In Marks and Spencers, they asked if I would be trained as a supervisor. I said, yeah, but... When I went for the interview, the lady asked if the ring on my finger was an engagement ring. I said, yeah, and that we were to be married on August the 5th. She said that she was sorry, but they didn't employ married women, so I had to leave just before I got married. On September the 3rd, 1939, war was declared and Don was called up. My army paid me a pound a week. So we decided to stay in Splot with Mam, which was just as well as I knew I was pregnant by then. We were married in the Methodist Church in Splot. I wore a navy coat and a flowered dress and a navy hat. <laughs> oh, my brother George should have given me away, but he was in the Air Force and couldn't get home. So my sister's husband, Evan, took his place. We had our wedding breakfast in Air Street. The house was full. But we had a lovely time with both families. Some in the kitchen, in the other room, some in the garden. Oh, my mother broke a leg and was in plaster for my wedding. But everyone helped with the food and drink for the day. 
We were married at 11 o'clock in the morning. At four o'clock, a taxi came to take us to the station to go on our honeymoon in South Sea. Don's brother and sister came to the station and scattered confetti everywhere. We had a bed and breakfast and an evening meal which cost £4 for the both of us for a week. We made friends with an engaged couple who were staying there and they came from Cardiff as well. We stayed in touch when we came home but I'm sorry to say the boy was killed in the war a year later. In November, Marks and Spencer sent for me and asked if I'd go back to work there. But, as I was pregnant, I didn't go back. Don went into the army on January the 5th, 1940. He came home on leave for 48 hours in April. Then he went overseas. I didn't see him again for five years.